0: Want to tell you, listen, the presence of God is here in a very powerful way this morning, and that's not going to disappear or diminish in any way. In fact, I believe that it's uh, it's going to increase and get stronger. So uh, I'm going to get straight on with what I've got on my heart this morning for you, and uh, it might be a preach, it might be just a word of encouragement, but God is here. And uh, where God is, I often say, it is impossible for nothing to happen. And and do you know, there is absolutely no reason on the face of this earth why any one of us should go out out of this meeting today the same way we came in. Do you believe that? I want to tell you a little story before I just get down to the Word of God. There was an experiment that was carried out some years ago and there was a barracuda. Oh, by the way, later on, I just want to tell our children and parents, when we, uh, we're going to pray for people today, and God is going to move in power. There's three of us believe that, and the Bible says we're two or three. So, I believe God is going to move in power. <coughs> there is no need for us to go out the way we came in. And when we pray after the, uh, after the message... Boys and girls, those of you who would like to, we would like you to join in praying. Do you know why? Because Jesus said about the children that unless we come like a little child, do you know why that is? That is because if you say to a child, this is going to happen, they believe it. If you say to an adult, this is what I'm going to do, they don't believe it. So children, we need you later on to pray with those that need prayer. This experiment was carried out, and there was a barracuda, which is a large fish in the Mediterranean, in the warm seas, uh, and there was a Spanish mackerel that were put in a tank together. Now, barracudas love Spanish mackerels. That's what they feed on. And uh, in this experiment, a large partition of glass was put through the middle of the tank. And they were left there for a long period of time, and have you ever walked into the patio doors? <laughs> well, it was just like that. The barracuda kept going into the patio doors, bang, realizing there was a glass there. And this went on for the duration of the experiment, which I'm not sure how long it was. After a length of time, the experimenters decided they would take the petition out of the fish tank, the large fish tank. They took the petition out of the tank and do you know what happened? The barracuda and the mackerel never moved over the centre of that tank at all. They had become so conditioned to there being a barrier in the way that they did not when, when they believed no when yes was within reaching distance. Do you know, I believe, church, as the people of God, that we have so got used to know, or this is how it is, or the news that has, but you've locked, you've got to learn to live with this, that we become conditioned to it, and we accept it when within touching distance is a release. Yeah. Do you believe that? Yeah. I want to build your faith this morning before we get down to prayer. I'm going to read one verse to you, know that I haven't got any... Uh, I don't know how to do that, but. Uh, You're not alone there. Amen. <laughs> but uh, I have one verse. Many of you will know. Uh, it's found in Hebrews 13 and verse 8, and uh, the the uh, writer of the epistle, Paul or whoever it was, to the Hebrews. Um, he was writing and uh, they were getting ready to leave and they were encouraging the church and talking to them about uh, putting, you know, things that needed to be put in order. And in the middle of this, the writer said to the Hebrews, listen, there's something else that you need to remember in the days that are ahead when we are gone. And you need to remember this and it's verse 8 of chapter 13 in Hebrews, and it simply says this, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Yep. Now, it doesn't matter what version you read it in, some tart it all up, but it, it, it doesn't... No, that's not the right word. Some change the phrasing of... But that is exactly what it says in every verse, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today, and forever. Can I ask you, do you believe that? Yes. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, to see breakthrough, it's very simple. We've got to believe and declare the truth. The tr- there weren't many amens there, but do you believe that? We've got to believe and declare the truth. Now, the present reality might be that my finances are in a mess. But the truth is that God says, I know the plans I've got for you, they're to prosper you, they're to increase you, they're to make you, hallelujah. So you see, what we are going through at the moment is not the answer. That is just a little reality uh, check at the moment. But the truth is that Jesus said, I came to set you free. And those whom I set free shall be free, absolutely, totally, completely free indeed. Now, however you phrase that, it means totally free. Can you be totally free if you are living under the pressure of continual financial pressure? If you are in the living under the, uh, the threat or the, or the curse that a doctor or a, or a specialist has put on you when he says, you've got to learn to live with this, sir, nothing is ever going to change. Now, that is what the doctor says, but what the Word of God says is the truth, isn't it? And the truth of the word of God is, by my stripes you are healed. Doesn't matter what it is. Anyway, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. And it was interesting, the first song we sung was about truth, wasn't it? Can't remember the word, but I thought, this is amazing. Because I went up to Andrew this morning and I said, how are you? And uh, he said, fine. And he said, you, are you ready? I said, yeah, I think so. Uh, and I was waiting for some confirmation, you know, that what was in my spirit. So I said, well, what are you feeling, Andrew? He said, I don't know, God's here and that's all that matters. Uh, yeah, and that's right. God is here and that's all that matters. But then we began to sing the song and every song we've sung this morning has confirmed what God put in my heart. We must believe and declare the truth. Jesus, when he was praying for his disciples before he went back to heaven, he said, Father, sanctify them by your truth. And then he makes a statement, he says, your word is truth. So you see, what is here in the word of God is truth. What we are experiencing at the moment is just a hiccup. And hiccup goes when you take something for it, doesn't it? And Jesus has provided in the cross an answer for every situation that we may face. How did Jesus defeat the devil? You remember when he came out of the waters of baptism, he went into the wilderness for a walk with the devil. And the devil's plan and purpose for Jesus in the wilderness was to destroy him. And I want to tell you, in case you didn't know, that's exactly what the devil wants to do to you and me. Yeah, you believe that, I know you do. (laughs) It's not worth saying amen to, but that's exactly what the devil is trying to do. He wants to discourage, he wants to disappoint, he wants to hinder, and he wants to frustrate the purposes of God for your life and mine. And we have to say, no. God says, the plans I've got for you are plans not to harm you, Not to discourage you, not to make you sick, but to give you success and to give you a hope and a future. Is that the truth? Okay, so we've got to declare the truth and we've got to confess the truth. And how did Jesus do it? The devil took him into the wilderness and he said, right... I'm going to enjoy this, Jesus is starving hungry because, uh, you know, he's not eating anything and I'm going to find his weak point and I'm going to crush him and destroy him. And so while Jesus was in there, the first thing the devil said to him was, Listen Jesus, you're very hungry. You see these stones? Well you can turn them into bread. And of course Jesus could because he'd fed 5,000 people with a couple of bread rolls and a couple of sardines. So he could have easily turned the the stones into bread. But what did did Jesus reply to the devil? He said, Satan, hang on a minute, it is written, the word that God has declared says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God oh shucks, that didn't, get the, that didn't get Jesus. So he goes on and he keeps trying. And uh, then in verse 7 of John 4, he says, look Lord, if you look down over here, he said, these are the kingdoms of this world. I will give every one of them to you if you will just bow down and worship me. All I want you to do, a bit like Daniel, you know, just worship me, the king said and it'll be okay. If you, Jesus, will just bow down and worship me, I will give you all the kingdoms of this world. What was Jesus' reply? You've forgotten what I said. I said to you earlier, the word of God declares, and I say to you again, it is written, Thou shalt worship only the Lord your God. He declared the truth in the face of the devil. And do you know what? He was setting an example to you and I. You're going to mess this up, you know, the devil says. You did last time. That might be the truth. And you're going to mess it up again. That's a lie. So how have we got to approach that? We have got to say what Jesus said. Just a minute, Satan. It is written... That you're a liar from the beginning. (laughs) And somehow all the steam goes out of the attack of the enemy. Do you know why? Because it is also written for you and I to live by that if you resist the devil, he'll run away from you. Now isn't that, is that true? The truth is if we resist the devil, he will flee from us. How do we resist the devil when he comes and tells us lies, and he speaks discouragement into our heart, and he speaks um, undermining everything that the word of we have to say? Hang on a minute! The word of God says, "You are, in fact, the father of lies." Wow, that is a post to hold, isn't it? You are the father of lies. When we tell the when we tell the devil when he is having a go at us and we are feeling crushed, we're feeling hurt, we're feeling tender, we're feeling vulnerable. Do you know, even in the midst of that, if we can just turn around and say, Satan, it is written, you are the father of lies. And this is one of the biggest ones that you have ever told me. Somehow, that declaration of the truth... Because he knows the truth. That declaration of the truth knocks all the steam out of the enemy's attack. Jesus defeated Satan. His reply? You shall not worship anyone else except the Lord God. And you know it's very interesting. I won't stay there for any longer because there's no need. But you know immediately Jesus had endured his tempting with the enemy and defeated him on every count on the basis of, it is written, the word of God declares. Do you know what it says? It says, at the end of the tempting, angels came and ministered to Jesus. Do you know how to get angels to come and help you? And come and minister? The devil said to Jesus, throw yourself off this cliff, because it is written that he gives his angels charge over you. And uh, you will be protected from being dashed against a stone. <laughs> now, the, the devil was quoting the word of God, but in the total wrong concept. Wrong concept. And when Jesus said to him, you shall not, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God, he was deflated again. And at the end of the tempting, angels came and ministered. To Jesus, we have angels appointed to minister to us. Do you know that yeah. now it doesn 't matter whether you 're into angels or not, I certainly am. Yeah. I certainly am because <laughs> I want to tell you, the angels are commissioned by my Father to look after me. Yeah. when I go out. How many people go out in the morning? And don't come home at night. You know? But we go out in the morning and we come home at night. Do you know why? Because God gives his angels charge over his children. And listen, I I want to venture to say that any one of us here this morning will have been in a situation that we don't even... Wow, that was close. Have you ever been in one of those situations? Wow, that was close. I was within a whisker of... The angels are there. The angels are there to minister to you and me and to keep us from all... The devil wants to take us out. It doesn't matter whether it's a car crash. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter whether it's drowning. It doesn't. He wants to take us out. But because of that, God has put his angels in charge of keeping us. So when we need ministry, his angels are there. And immediately Jesus had finished. His angels came and ministered to him. (laughs) It's very exciting. Are you in a situation where that barracuda and and that mackerel were? You have become so used to it being the way it is that you have accepted, I have accepted the, the fact, well, this is how it is. I want to tell you, I'm never going to accept that. I'm never going to accept that. In, in 2010, I had a knee operation that didn't go too well. Ended up having a kneecap out. And I've been in more pain since then than, uh, than I was before I had the operation almost. Constant, continual pain. But do you know What? <laughs> The specialist said, well now we've taken your kneecap out, there's absolutely nothing we can do. Now that is as far as medicine goes. But do you know what the Word of God says? The truth. If you abide in me and I I abide in you and my words abide in you, you can ask what you will and I'll do it. What is the truth? What the specialist says or what God says? That hasn't happened yet, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen. You know, I just want to give you a couple of testimonies, and then I'm going to be through, because there's no need to drag on. I could say so much more. But you see, what the Word of God says is true. I have a brother, some of you know him, and... uh, he has done um, throughout his ministry. He's done an incredible work for God in Africa, and uh, he's just come back to the UK after many, many years of, of establishing something profound, really. And uh, he's retired. and Some years ago, while he was in Africa, uh, in Uganda, they were they used to have this big guard dog, and uh, because of, you know, robbers and burglars and so on. And um, he was relating the story to me of how they were burgled. These gunmen came in, and uh, they tied his wife up on the floor, tied him up on the floor, threatening to rape his wife, while the others were emptying the house. Now, can you just imagine? the? I said, well, just how did you feel at that time? And he said this to me. Um, He said, well, no man wants to lay on the floor, tied up or not, with a gun, a foot on your neck and a gun held to your head. He said, and that's how it was. He said, and nobody wants to lay there when your wife is about to, without doing something. He said, and I thought for a second, and I thought, hang on a minute, there's no way we're going to die. Now it's not easy to think that when you have a loaded gun beside your head and a foot on your neck and you're both on the floor he said I knew there was no way that we were going to die because of what God had said and so much of what God had said we were going to do as yet was unfulfilled so I knew that whatever happened we were not going to die now I don't often use my brother as a real as an illustration but uh, I thought, what an amazing, he he knew the truth, and the truth was what God said, not the fact that there were guns and robbers, And I mean they took all their clothes, they took all their cutlery, all their shoes, they had nothing to wear, nothing to live with afterwards, but their lives were not touched, and they weren't injured physically in any shape or form. A young man, some years ago, went into a evangelistic meeting and he heard the preacher talking about uh, how powerful God was and at the end of the meeting when the sick were prayed for people were getting out of wheelchairs and, uh, and getting healed of amazing things and this young lad was only 14 or 15 and uh, when, the, when the service had finished the evangelist said look he said he was anointing people with oil. Some do, you know, some don't. He was into oil. But um, he said, what I've done tonight... Well, no, there's a principle in the Word of God. Don't mis- I'm not I'm not m- mimicking that. But uh, this evangelist, you know, you don't find many evangelists with hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people anointing people with oil. But this evangelist was. So he said, God told me today, he said, that before uh, before I came to the meeting while I was praying to fill all these little bottles with oil. He said, and I've got so many little bottles here. He said, and if you want to go and lay hands on the sick and see them healed, he said, "Um, I want you to come out now and I'm going to give you a bottle of oil and pray for you. So this little kid came out, just a a child. And he said, "Do do you really want to pray for the sick, son? He said, yes, I do. He said, and do you believe what's happened here tonight? Jesus will do through you. He said, yes, I do. So he took the bottle of oil. The evangelist did not know what he was going to do. And, and, uh, but God knew. This little boy, 14 I think he was, This little, and I have the testimony of it at home. This little boy, he went out and he thought, now where will I find lots of people that I can pray for? And as he went home, he said, the hospital, that's the place to go. There's plenty of sick people in the hospital. It was late, so he decided he would come back the next day and he would go into the hospital. Well, when he went into the hospital, he thought, well, everybody doing anything is walking around with a white coat. So as he went through the corridor, he saw all these white coats. So he found a small one. He put the white coat on and put the bottle of oil in the pocket. And he thought, I'll go to the top floor and I'll start at the top floor. So he went around and uh, he said uh, he wanted to pray for people. So he anointed them with oil and he prayed for folk and he said, You're healed, you can get up and go home. And the top floor emptied and all began to put their clothes on and go home. And he came down to the next floor, that was before anybody realised what he was doing. <laughs> he came down to the next floor and he went in to pray and a buzzer started going and panic started to happen. So you know these curtains that go round, so he rolled rum round and he hid in the corner until the noise had subsided. <laughs> but by the time the noise had subsided he realised that the man in the next room had died. Ah, he said, well, that, that would be a miracle. All these other people have been healed because that's what the evangelist said, you're healed. You can go in peace now, you can be free. So uh, that's what he was telling folk. So um, they called for the porters to come and get the body. Doctors checked him and certified that the man had died. So uh, this, uh, this lad, he just had a little drop of oil in the bottom. So when they'd all gone and the man was covered up, he came out the curtain and crept into the next bed bed department and he pulled the cover back and first time he'd ever seen a dead man. And he gets his oil out and he puts the oil on the man's head because that's what the evangelist did. He puts the oil on the man's head and he prays and he says, in the name of Jesus, you must come back to life. Quietly, so nobody heard him. The man coughed. And then coughed again. Then the man sat up in bed. That no, didn't scare the boy because he believed that Jesus was a miracle worker. And the man got up. Of course when the, when the porters came back to take him down to the morgue he wasn't there. <laughs> and eventually this lad got caught and was arrested for mimicking a doctor. And But it turned out they wrongly put this lad in prison, he should never have been put in prison but by mistake he was put into prison and uh, he said well I didn't worry too much about being put in prison because I'd still got a drop of oil left so while he was in prison just for a period of three weeks uh, uh, three weeks I believe it was every person that was in the wing that he was in gave their lives to Jesus, and every one of them got healed. Jesus Christ, the same, yesterday, and today, and forever. One last little testimony. Anita and I had the privilege of ministering to lots and lots of people in the Caribbean, in Haiti actually. (laughs) You don't think of that as a Caribbean but it's a big mission field and we had the privilege of ministering to people Uh, and for 10 days we'd been ministering to well we thought we were helping a local church but they conned us a bit and um, when we got there and we started the the meetings there were between 10 and 12,000 people turned up every night (laughs) but God turned up and of course you can't go and lay hands on people because you get mobbed but we saw children that had never walked from the day they'd been born, getting up and walking. We saw lumps and goiters going. We saw amazing miracles. And it got to the last night. Uh, well, it was all over, actually. It was just the church had hired a stadium to have a meeting on the Sunday. And uh, I was in, I'd been in a conference and I'd heard a healing evangelist say, Uh, when he was asked the question, what is the key to seeing people healed? He said, do you know? He said, "Um, I believe that one of the great... I've never heard anybody say this. He said, I believe one of the greatest keys is compassion. Compassion. And of course, when you look at the Scriptures, it says Jesus had compassion on them because they were hungry and he fed 5,000 and and 4,000 and so on. Jesus had compassion on them and he healed them all. So we were in this meeting and um, just before the meeting started this man came in with this little girl over his shoulder. She was about 12. And uh, he went over to the front row and he, he just tipped her down and plonked her on the chair and she just wriggled and sat there. And I, I just kept seeing this little girl. And... Uh, the Holy Spirit said to me, what do you think Jesus would do if he was here this morning? No, I, I said he, won't, he wouldn't let that little girl go home like that. So, uh, my heart began to beat like I was under conviction of sin. The meeting hadn't started. The meeting started, the worship was wonderful, and it was time for me to preach. So, I'm thinking... Yeah, but with all these people, if I get her to come up here and, uh, and nothing happens, well, that would be terrible. And then I think, well, we're going home tomorrow and we don't have to come back if it doesn't work. <laughs> uh, so I thought, no, no, I, I won't do it. I'll, uh, I'll just preach. So I stood up and opened my Bible, burst into tears and started crying like a silly baby. So, uh, oh, what's the matter, pastor? Ah, nothing, I know. I'm being disobedient, that's what. So I thought, oh well. All right, Lord, all right, Lord. So, uh, and I'm just encouraging you because there is something about when we step out and put the truth of God's word to the test. God does something. Does something. So this was the only little girl that I prayed for in ten days. And we saw hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people. So her dad brings her up, I said, through an interpreter, and lays her on the floor. I I didn't feel good. And uh, I looked at her, and something in me thought, well, I won't be able to preach until I've prayed for her, whatever happens. I just prayed for her, took her by the hand, she stood up, and she walked straight off the platform. Jesus Christ, nothing to do with me, all I'm saying is, I'm, God forced me into a corner, I mean embarrassing me like nothing on earth, and that eventually I was obedient to what the, word, what, what the Holy Spirit was saying. And when I was obedient, something happened. If you will declare the truth, and the truth is Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, and today, and tomorrow, you don't have to go home the way you came in. Listen, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter whether it's finances, it doesn't matter whether it's relationships, it doesn't matter whether it's a physical need. I know there's loads here with physical needs this morning. It should not be, but it is at the moment. But listen, Jesus came to change it. When he went to the cross, our sicknesses, our sins, our transgressions our stresses our worries they were all nailed to the cross so what we've got to do is to start living in the reality of the fact that it was done yeah. it is done by his stripes we are healed yeah. do you believe God wants to do miracles this morning yes. do you believe he wants to do miracles yes. he does yeah. he does and he will will you declare that with me Jesus Christ the same yesterday today and forever. If you believe it, if you don't, don't don't say it. I don't want us to be parrots. If you really believe that Jesus is the same and that he wants to be to us the same. We, we've been singing songs this morning about declaring the truth. We've been singing songs about the kingdom coming to earth. We've been everything. Just look through the songs and you see it all over again. Will you declare with me that verse out of Hebrews this morning? And then I just want to finish and say, listen, I think there'll be a lot of people that respond for prayer this morning. So uh, we might not have enough ministry team, but it doesn't matter. I was with a little, I was with a little girl last week. I was with a young, young woman last week, well, 47. But she was young <laughs> when we first met her. She came in as a child at 11 years of age it, when we were pastoring. And I tell you, all those years ago, she's the first person that I heard pray with an understanding of Daddy God. I mean, it blew the church away. She came in and she was worshipping God one morning and she, she just stood up crying. She said, Daddy, 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 Daddy. That didn't happen all those years ago, 30 odd years ago. But anyway, she came in one Sunday morning. She was only 12. She's on crutches. And she's uh, a bit like Noah, you know. <laughs> I'd learned to walk that. And uh, and I said, uh, listen, what's the matter? She said, oh, I'm going into hospital tomorrow to have my cartilage removed. She said, it's so damaged. I said, uh, you don't have to do that. I said, um, you... Um You come out for prayer at the end of the meeting. At that particular time, we were operating under the, if any sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church. And some of you ought to do that more often. Uh, And uh, they will pray for you, anoint you with oil, and the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise them up. Sorry about that, Chris. (laughs) Do you know why the Lord will raise them up? Because the elders don't pray out of um, a gift of healing. They don't pray, uh, they pray out of obedience and God honours obedience. So when the elders do what they're supposed to do, anyway, so this girl, this, that's, not a, that's not a go at the elders. No, it isn't, it isn't. But they pray out of their authority and God honours their authority and heals the sick, that's one. So this girl, I said, uh, well, you, you come for prayer afterwards. Of course, she never did. And my heart went out to her. I thought, going into hospital tomorrow, there's no need for that. So we'd finished the meeting. So I said, hang on a minute, folks. There's a young lady here that needs a healing. And she's a redhead, she was. And I saw her eyes look at me like she used to. And uh, (coughs) I smiled. I said, just get round her and pray that God will repair that cartilage. And do you know, God healed her on the spot. she went went to the hospital the next day and they said they must have made a mistake there's nothing wrong with your cartilage so the first thing I said to her she ended up being our youth leader so the first thing I said to her put my arm around her and gave her a hug I said what about that knee she said I've never had a day's trouble with it from that day to this Jesus Christ will you declare that with me that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever again Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever right amen I'm through now what we're going to do is uh, is give an opportunity to pray for people and listen I've, I've asked the kids to get involved I've seen kids that have reached out to Jesus received a new heart from heaven Plonk their hand on somebody that was dying with heart problem and they have been totally healed. So don't don't be put off. And they believe, if, if, if we say to our children, Jesus is going to heal the sick, they believe it, you see. So what we're going to do, we're through now. The meeting is over. If any of you do need to go, that is absolutely fine. But we're going to make time to quickly pray for people. It doesn't have to be long. And ministry team... Pray out of the authority that God has given you, which is greater things than I have done will you do because I've gone to my Father. All right? Speak with authority. Don't pray half hour long prayers. There's no need. In the name of Jesus, I command kingdom health to come now and all sickness to go will do anything like that.